Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Um, welcome back to Queer Radio. I'm your host, Lunex Dragato. I really wanted to put out an episode um, this month just talking about how I'm doing, where I've been, and how I'm feeling about everything in my life right now. Um, I did have another episode edited and ready to be published, but I felt like I didn't say everything I wanted to say in that last episode. So I kind of wanted to give myself some time. I gave myself a little bit of a break. Um, I've been feeling some really intense emotions and I really didn't know how to process them. So now I have more time and I feel a little bit better about how I'm feeling about everything right now. So it is April right now, um, 2019. We're more than 25% done with the year right now. And right now I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary um, with the organization that I'm working for. Um, My one-year anniversary is going to be in May, so next month. And I really like the organization that I'm working for, but I realize that I need to start looking towards the future. I'm starting to outgrow this agency. I'm starting to, you know... um, outgrow my position and I really want more responsibilities and more duties in the company. And so I applied for an outreach position in the company and I'm waiting for their response. Um, I should hear a response by next month. But with that being said, I just realized that I want more in my life. I want to do more with my life. And this agency is a great stepping stone. You know, it was my first job out of college. And I really learned a lot at this job. I learned a lot about myself, a lot about professionalism, um, about being vulnerable, about trusting my instincts, having um, the ability to do what I do and to have the confidence that I can do my job well. Um, But unfortunately, due to some unforeseen circumstances in the company, I don't feel comfortable or safe working in the agency anymore. Um, And that's my opinion. I'm not going to go into why I'm feeling that way um, or what happened. It's just my personal feelings. And sometimes I need to follow my gut. You know, for a lot of my life, I've been putting up with a lot of shit in my life. I've been complacent in a lot of the bullying and harassment that I've experienced throughout my life. And it seems like every place that I go, I always have some bullies (laughs) or I have some people that hate me or people that want to see me fail um, or envious of me. So I feel like this place is becoming another toxic environment that I need to basically free myself of. So I'm making some necessary steps and I'm putting some thoughts out into the universe and really preparing for the next chapter in my life, which is looking at new job opportunities, new places to call home, and new cities to move to. Um, I know it's a lot, but I think when I was visiting my friend Amber, it really got me thinking about how I'm feeling. And what I'm feeling is unmotivated, uninspired, um, unsupported. And I really want to have a sense of community that won't just backstab me and make me feel like I'm a terrible person for making some very common mistakes. 
And so with that being said, I really wanted to just come on here and talk about things and to open up and to be more vulnerable because I feel like I hide a lot about my life or I try not to share too much and I don't want to overshare, but I feel like it's really good for me. And right now I'm not in therapy and I don't really have an outlet to express my emotions or let them out in a positive way. Um, So when I went to Virginia to visit my friend, it was amazing. It really provided an insight into a different world, into a different experience, you know, not driving every day, um, the different um, nightlife that's there, different ways of life, different people. I mean, I've been living in LA and well, like I live in LA County, but like I, I've worked in LA city. Um, uh, right now I, I work in the LA County, but more of like San Fernando Valley, which is closer to LA. And I've taught at schools in Los Angeles. And although I love the students here, I just don't love the people. I don't love the adults. I don't really feel like I can find love here. And that's another reason why I want to move because I don't feel like I can be myself here. I think there's a type of person that lives in LA and that type of person isn't me. I really want to make a name for myself and to have a close group of friends that I can rely on. And although I have met um, some people at my job that I love and respect and I consider people that I value and that I trust and that I respect. I know those people will visit me wherever I end up, but I just know that this agency is too small for me. I've outgrown it and I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to grow professionally and personally. Um, For LA, I hate driving. (laughs) I hate traffic. Um, I don't mind driving when there's no one on the road and it's like 1130 at night. I'm just listening to some good music and I'm just cruising and I'm having the time of my life. That's when I love driving. I love the freedom to go wherever I want to go. But LA, it takes me over an hour to get to work. I work 20 miles from my job and it takes me over an hour. Like if I lived in New York, I could you know, take 30 minutes to get to work, taking public transportation. I could, you know, work on the bus. I can, you know, journal. I can plan out my day, organize my grocery lists. With that, I have so much time, so much more time to be productive. With LA, I travel three hours for work. I work eight hours a day. That's 11 hours. I'm awake for 16 hours, meaning I only have five hours to be productive. But in those five hours, I need to take at least 45 minutes or, you know, an hour to relax. And then now I have four hours and I also have to eat and I also have to study and I also have to work hard. Like there's so many hours in the day that are wasted because I have to commute in Los Angeles. I have to wake up super early in order to miss all the traffic. And in that time, like I could be doing so much more with my life. And that's why I want to move. Like I really want to move to the East Coast, um, New York specifically, um, because I want to have that fast paced life. You know, in LA, I'm, I feel very stuck. I feel very slow here. And a lot of people here are like, what? You think LA is slow? I'm like, yes, I think LA is so slow. I, I'm that type of person that I'm very productive. I, I want to keep working. I want to keep growing. I want to keep doing projects. I want to be 
the best person that I can be. I want to accomplish a lot of things. I want to inspire people. And I don't want to just do that by sitting on the couch and doing nothing and playing mindless video games every single day, unless it's for self-care, for enjoyment. Like, I'm so ready to just move on. And there's so many times this past month that I wanted to just give up, you know, that I wanted to just move and I, I didn't care about other people because I just want to live my life. Like, I don't think people understand, like, like I'm 23, I'm about to be 24, but every single year of my life, I've had to battle something, some challenge, some shitty person. I've never really just been in one place and been like, wow, I'm having the time of my life. Like, I'm surrounded by people that I love and I respect. Like, no. Like, in college, I was surrounded by people that backstabbed, that backstabbed me, that were two-faced, that made me cry, that made me want to kill myself. I was in a relationship that I shouldn't have been in, and I was very neglectful, and I, I was in another relationship that we were just different people, and I was experiencing a lot of grief, and I was lashing out and projecting a lot of my insecurities in that relationship. You know, in, in high school, I never really had a lot of friends. I never really made any friends. The people that I called my friends were just rude, disrespectful, and only invited me to their birthday parties. And it's real. Like, I don't want to live my life this way anymore. I don't want to be 23 years old and have only like one meaningful relationship and just waiting for that relationship to implode and to be destructive. And I don't want that anymore. I don't want to have fake friends. I don't want to just pretend like I like everyone in this world. Like, I just want to be safe and I want to be respected and I just want to start over. LA, I, I'm always reminded of who I was, my past. I don't want that anymore. I, I want to go. I want to run away. So I really want to move. Um, I've been looking at jobs, and right now there's some openings uh, with Planned Parenthood that I want to apply for. Um, with my background in advocacy, um, in education, um, in media management, I've really had some amazing opportunities to grow professionally. And although I'm learning, I still have a lot to learn. You know, 23, about to be 24. Heck, I make some mistakes here and there, but so does people that are clinical supervisors. So are people that are program managers. So are people um, making mistakes that are executive directors um, of agencies. So people make mistakes. We're all human. And so I'm not an imposter. I realize that what I'm doing is important, but I realize that I have power and potential to be so much greater than where I am now. And so I just want to thank the people that I got to meet and got to experience life with. Um, with Planned Parenthood, I went to Sacramento for Capital Day. That was amazing. I got to meet Chrissy Smith. Thank you so much. Um, I'm one of your constituents. And I have and will continue to vote for you as long as I live um, in Alley County. But again, I might move. So you have my support. My support. I said something not support, but you have my support. I thank you so much um, for the work that you have done and how you continue to uplift and to respect and to listen to people that are minorities, people that are marginalized. So thank you so much for that. 
um, with Planned Parenthood, I got to advocate for the agency, basically um, fighting to increase their budget to $100 million um, with Governor Newsom's proposed budget for reproductive health care. And a lot of that budget is going to go to helping marginalized individuals. That means um, marginalized individuals if they don't have access to reliable transportation, if they don't have a stable income where they cannot access health care. With Planned Parenthood, we want to um, open more clinics and we want to expand our services. We want to expand our services um, for PEP and PrEP. We also want to expand our services for the transgender community, specifically with gender affirmative health care. Um, we also want to include um, more services to help individuals with cancer screenings, and we want to make sure our services are um, low cost, are free for individuals. So we really need the increased budget to make sure that our mission can be um, 100% successful. And so that's part of the proposed budget. Another part of it is making sure folks can access um, medical abortions on college campuses, so SB 24, so Senate Bill 24, and that's really talking about um, the health centers on college campuses, basically making sure that they have access to medical abortions because, again, medical abortions are safe um, and it is everyone's choice whether or not they want to be a parent right now. And so again, that's ensuring all people have access to comprehensive reproductive health care services, including abortions. Um, college students faced, you know, a lot of disadvantages. A lot of college students need the access to those services on the health care, um, the health centers that are on their campus, because that's the closest place where they can access it. A lot of these individuals don't have access to reliable transportation, again, stable income. And we want to make sure we can help those individuals where they are, um, you know, where they're at in this world. Sorry, sometimes I say the wrong thing. It's just because I'm a little nervous um, and I get a little shy. And when we look at the health centers, like many student health centers, they already offer reproductive health services, like including birth control, routine exams, and STI testing. So it's really important that students also have access to medical abortions if they um, want to, if they need to access those services. That's really important. We want to make sure these services are accessible. Um, and we want to make sure that folks have the right to access these services. Um, so it's really important when we look at these bills that we continue to advocate and inform individuals um, about best practices and reducing um, individuals that don't want to be parents and reducing their increased stress or anxiety. Um, if they're not ready or equipped to be a parent right now, we shouldn't force people to be parents because they don't have access to health care, reproductive health care. If they don't have access to birth control or condoms or if they don't have access to abortion, it's really important that people are given options because when people are given options, they feel like they are being heard and they can make decisions and healthy decisions about their life. Another bill that we want to get passed is uh, an Assembly Bill 241, 
So basically, it's breaking implicit attitudes and stereotypes in healthcare, which can improve services. Um, so the reason why we want to do that is we, would, we want to look at implicit biases. So these are biases, our judgments people have um, about a certain uh, population or a certain community. Um, those can be negative oftentimes, but they also can be positive. But we really want to look at the negative perceptions and the feelings and stereotypes or, you know, the simple ideas of a community and really look at those implicit biases as impacts um, on the behavior and the treatment people experience. Because when we look at discrimination, when we look at behaviors, people will judge people. I remember when I went um, to get an HIV test um, at the Pride Center at my college, the person that was administering the HIV test told me that anal sex or bottoming is the dirtiest form of sex. Like he said that, that that came out of his mouth. I was 19 years old. I was barely engaging in anal sex at the time. And for a healthcare provider to say that to me was super stigmatizing and made me feel like shit. It shamed me and said, oh, wow, am I doing something wrong? Am I putting my life in danger? And it's like, no, for someone to say that is really disgusting. And that's why this bill is super important is because we need to break down those attitudes. We need to increase trainings for individuals. We need to make sure that healthcare providers, that's doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, nurses, community engagement officials, community health organizers, you know, medical assistants, they are providing non-judgmental, inclusive, and and affirmative health care for every individual. So that means not discriminating. That includes not bringing your own attitudes, your own biases into the workplace and to see people and to treat people as human beings. Okay, there's evidence that there's, you know, racial and ethnic disparities in healthcare across the board when it comes to illnesses and healthcare services. We need to look at that. We need to look at the medical industrial complex as something that is upholding white supremacy. We need to make sure that racist and making sure that unethical, and when we're looking at all of these things, you know, racist and unethical practices are not being implemented in any healthcare setting. And when we look at individuals that are Uh, People of color, specifically black women, are three to four times more likely than white women to die from pregnancy-related causes causes, Sorry, nationwide. Okay, when we look at Beyonce, when we look at Serena Williams, we look at how much they had to experience because of their, their pregnancy, how much, how dangerous it was for them, and they were able to make it out. They weren't, they didn't die. And for a lot of black women and a lot of women that don't have access to the best and most, you know, advanced healthcare, a lot of those individuals die when they go through pregnancy, when they go through childbirth. And it's really important to look at that and to remember and to be mindful of those things. When we look at gender-based violence and discrimination in the healthcare as an individual who is trans and queer, for me, I know my health care for primary care, I'm going to have to go to the LGBT Center of Los Angeles. I remember when I was going to a health center close to where I live, which was about 15 minutes from my house, they were not inclusive. They were 
really discouraging. They're really shameful. And they weren't affirming at all. And we know for individuals that identify as, you know, LGBT, gender nonconforming, a lot of those patients are young. A lot of those patients are scared to open up to their doctors, to, to scared to say like, hey, I, I, you know, have anal sex and I'm gay and I, you know, have sex with guys. Like for a lot of it, it's, it's healthcare. And a lot of the times we don't want to tell our doctors this because our doctor's going to be like, oh, that's disgusting. You shouldn't be doing that. That's dangerous. That's gross. You should be straight. We don't want that. We don't want that extra judgment. That's an extra layer. That's an extra marginalization that people in my community have to face time in and time out. So as Planned Parenthood, you know, as a Planned Parenthood sexual health educator, I am teaching young people about comprehensive, inclusive, and affirming healthcare services that we offer. Planned Parenthood is the leader when it comes to education, when it comes to comprehensive education. And as an agency that I fully support and I fully respect with all of my heart, I believe this organization is helping people in my community access safe and affirming healthcare for every individual. So when we look at this bill, I really want you to understand that healthcare providers, we need to make sure we are providing the highest quality care and we need to be knowledgeable and we need to educate these providers. And that's what we're doing with this bill. And so that was an amazing opportunity that I had with the agency. And I know that this agency has a lot of room for growth for me. And I really want to have a full-time position with the agency. Um, so I'm excited. I'm working on my resume. Um, next month, I'm going to download some files from my laptop and really look at my resume and, excuse me, I burped, <laughs> and really tweak some stuff um, if I need to make any changes or make any updates to my resume. Most of it's pretty much updated. I updated it last month, but I know I need to change some of the wording um, and change some things around just to make it more um, appealing. And also I need to write a new cover letter for jobs that I'm applying for uh, later this year. So I have been talking about a lot, um, but I really want to talk about New York for a little bit longer. Um, so I really want to move to New York. And so before I move to New York, I want to visit New York. So I'm looking to go to New York in September, um, early September. And I want to try to stay in Brooklyn Heights, Park Slope, um, Bushwick, um, Bedford, just parts of Brooklyn, um, just to get a feel for the, the place, just feel for the environment. I also want to look at Queens College um, in Queens, New York. Um, that's where I want to get my master's um, in teaching, uh, specifically with English, um, adolescent English education, which is 7th grade through 12th grade, which is the target population that I want to teach um, too. I want to be a middle school teacher, but I also don't mind being a, you know, sophomore English teacher in high school or a junior English teacher. You know, I, I don't care. I don't mind. I don't 
care what grade level. I just want to make an impact where I want to make an impact. And so I feel like New York is that place. Also, New York teachers get paid more. The cost of living is more expensive in New York, but if I make a $60,000 salary or even a $50,000 salary, I can make it work in New York. And with teachers, the starting salary is about $65,000. But um, once I get my master's in teaching, that could go up a little bit. I could get like, you know, 67000 or 70000 Just depends on um, what jobs I apply for and how much they're willing to uh, pay me to be a teacher, to be an English teacher. I want to specifically target um, with my education and my education style is to highlight people of color and to highlight queer people of color. So that's really exciting. Queer education is very lacking in um, the United States education system. And for me and myself, I want to diversify education in the United States. I want to look at educational inequities and begin to understand why individuals um, are not doing as well in school, why they don't feel confident in their education ability or their learning ability. And we we really need to look at what we're teaching these students with what material. And we need to really diversify what we're reading. We need to stop reading work from all white males or from white females. We need to look at the people that have been revolutionary in our American history. And we need to begin teaching that to the younger generation. So that means teaching some Audre Lorde, that means teaching some um, bell hooks. I was like blanking on everything. Um, We also need to be teaching about um, just inclusive representation. We need to look at LGBT relationships. We need to look at LGBT people as individuals where we can use their stories and use their experiences and help the younger generation understand that people come in all shapes, all sizes, um, all feelings, all attractions. And we need to be willing and able to tell young people that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to love who you love. And we need to reflect that in the materials that we are teaching and that we are using to teach young people in the United States and globally. Um, after I become a teacher, I really want to be a principal. I want to look at um, how districts can use data and to look at whether or not they are helping every individual the best way that they could help that individual. Look at individualized lesson plans and really look at where people need more support and more help and more guidance. Um, eventually, I want to be a district. Um, sorry, I want to be a superintendent of a school district, of a whole school district. Um, And I know that's hard. I know that's challenging, but I really want to do amazing work for these students. And I really want to advocate for young people and for young students. And I want to make sure that the next generation is just as confident, as witty, and as powerful as the generation that I am growing with right now. Um, So I'm really excited for my future. And so New York, here I come. I'm already saving a lot of money. (laughs) Right now, I have about $14,000 saved up um, 
in both of my bank accounts, whether that's my checking account and my savings account. But I'm really trying to hit that $20,000 mark um, by the hopefully end of this year. Um, hopefully I can get to $20,000 um, by December. So that way when I move out um, and find a really good paying job in New York, I'll have a good savings. So that way I can start reinvesting that um, into a retirement account. <laughs> and really looking towards my future and starting to think about, you know, in 25 years, where am I going to be? Where, where am I going to live? Who am I going to be with? So it's really important that I'm mindful of where I want to be in the future and how I want to get there. And I also want to talk about like how New York, there's like this big misconception about like, oh, you have to make like $100,000 or, you know, you have to be really rich and have a partner and to make it on your own. And it's like, no, that's a lie. Like New York, you can do so much with so little money. I mean, hey, I'm making barely $30,000 with this agency and I'm able to look at $2,000 because, you know, I get paid about $2,000 a month um, and I know how to divide that up. I know how to budget. I know how to look at my money. I know how to manage my money and I know how to make a decision where it's like, okay, well, if I spend $600 with car expenses, including gas, I need to make sure that I don't exceed $600 in food because again, that's $12,000. And that means I only have $800 left to spend. And if I spend like $100 on food or $200 on food, like and extra expenses, like that money's going to dry up. That money's going to run out. And we need to make sure that we're saving for the future. So right now I save about 60% of my income, my monthly income, um, for, you know, future expenses, for, you know, rent, um, for bigger purchases in the future, and just like long-term commitments of what I want to do in this world. So don't think for a second that you can't move to a big city because you don't have enough money. Like people come to New York with $7,000. Some people come to New York with $5,000. I'm just playing it really safe and just taking all of the time and energy into my future. And does that mean like not spending, you know, $50 on makeup every day (laughs) or every month? I shouldn't say every day, but every month or every week, like this month, there's so much makeup that I want to buy, but I have to be realistic with my spending. Like this month I spent $54 on running shoes. Now I can spend another $40 on makeup that I want to buy. But again, that's $90 of money that I don't really have. Like one of my friends said this a long time ago. The reason why she's able to save so much money is because when you earn money, you need to put that money away and you need to tell yourself, no, I don't have that money right now. No, I don't have enough money to buy this right now because that's talking about impulse control. That's talking about control. I'm telling myself, yes, I might have the money. I might have the means to buy that thing. But also, do I really need that thing? Do I need to buy $50 worth of makeup? Do I really need to spend $150 on a microphone, on a podcast that doesn't make me any money? Because I made that mistake. (laughs) Because I bought a camera 
which I don't really use anymore. That camera cost me $1,800. What is it right now? It's a paperweight. It's $1,800 of money that I wasted because I thought I wanted to be a YouTuber, that I thought I wanted to create content. But what I failed to understand is that I live in a place that doesn't inspire me. So that $1,800 camera is doing nothing for me because I'm not inspired. But when I move to New York, I'm gonna bring my camera with me because I love photography, I love videography, and I want to have a space that I'm able to create content that I enjoy that is aesthetically pleasing for me. And I know that the content that I wanna make in LA is not the content that I want to make because the content that I want to make is an environment that I want to make it in. And I know I want to be somewhere else. I want a different environment. I want a better environment. I want a fresh start. And I want to create things for myself that I'm proud of, that I'm excited to create and I'm excited to share with the world. So that's really what it comes down to. Like for me, New York is a dream. For me, New York is a new opportunity to be myself, to come out for the first time, just one time, and not having to explain that I have a dead name or none of these things. And I know, you know, once I take the GRE in August and hopefully get a good score, because right now I'm underperforming in all four sections, um, and I need to increase my score by at least 15 points. Um, which is a lot, um, but also I'm studying now for an exam in August. So I'm seeing some slow growth um, in the tests that I'm taking right now. So that's really good, um, but I know I need to get better at the tests. So that's why, like if I do really well in the GRE, I'm probably going to spend a little bit more money on, you know, legally changing my name, changing my certificates, birth certificates, social security, my bank account, my ID, um, my information with my employer, all of this stuff. So there's more of a seamless transition um, for my new job that I'm hopefully going to get next year. So I'm just excited for the future, but I just know I need to be realistic right now and I need to take every step, um, one step at a time. So I'm just really excited. Um, yeah. And with that, I really just want to end the episode with saying like, thank you so much for everyone that has like supported me or has been like really sweet and has shown me love and kindness. Um, I know this world is scary out there and I know it's difficult being who you want to be in your most authentic self, but it's the only time to live, you know? This might be my only chance at life. I don't know if I'll have another chance at life. You know, I believe in reincarnation and, you know, I believe in, you know, when people die, they might be reborn as another person as another being and so I don't know what life has in store for me I just know that I want to make a difference and I want to grow and I don't want to spend the rest of my life crying and feeling miserable and being alone because I really want to be supported by people that I love and respect I want to have a close friend group and I want to spend my time with people that I love and respect. And 
those people, I want them to know me. I want them to understand who I am as a person. And I thought I found that at this job that I'm in right now, but it's not true. It's not true at all. Um, some of these people that I work with, they don't like me anymore. They don't care about me. And they see me as a rude, disrespectful, childish, two-faced individual. And although that's their opinion and they're right, that's their right to have that opinion. I just know myself better than they do. And I know I made a mistake, but that mistake shouldn't cost me my sanity. It shouldn't cost me my safe space. So I'm excited to see what the world has to offer me. And I'm excited to create new safe spaces that I can truly be safe in. So thank you so much, everyone. And I hope you all have a great rest of your week and just have a great day. And I'll talk to you when I talk to you. All right. Bye.